0: Welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well today. Uh, it's kind of a cool day here in Colorado Springs. So just kind of huddled up and keeping warm while we do our podcast this morning. Once again, you know, Christy and I have our conversations about, you know, what are some things that we think are relevant to talk about. And as anybody who listens to our podcast know that of course, Christy and I are married, we've been together for over 20 years, legally married for, Five? Something like that. Yeah, we've lost count. Because every time there's a new rule that came into play, whether it was for insurance purposes or anything like that, we had to go have ceremonies. But I will tell you the the ceremony that we had with our family and friends, you know, my parents were there. Your sister was there, uh, yeah. which is really cool. And some and my family members were there. My sister was uh, stood up with me and two of her daughters, one my goddaughter, and for you, your sister was the one who stood up with you. And no, she didn't, didn't she? No. Oh no, because she was a big chicken. (laughs) But
1: she took care of the music for me and that. So, and it was a, it was a beautiful day. I cherish those memories.
0: Yeah. And it was really great for us because a friend of ours got to, he uh, agreed to perform our ceremony. and, And so it was just a really great day. And I'm, I'm really grateful. For that opportunity and for the fact that we had such amazing support at that time, I worked for mental health and they supported us and we thought it was going to be a really small kind of intimate 20 people get together. And that's not how it turned out. We ended up having. There was
1: like 100 people or yeah. something like that more. we ended up inviting like
0: 130 something I think and I think a uh, majority of, of them all came uh yeah because at first it was oh, no to invite this person Then, well what did this and then you know so then it just kind of went on and and so just so grateful for all the people that supported us the people who stood up with us in our wedding we're fortunate because that doesn't happen for everybody and I understand that and you know I'm always grateful to my parents who they were just so so supportive of me and who i loved and and all of that and i think they've they've been supportive of my family in general and you know who who we've loved and been involved with and stuff like that so for me it was such a different story you know coming out to my i mean that word of coming out that's so weird to me i don't think it's that i think we all talk to our parents about the relationships we're in eventually you know if that person matters I don't think it's called coming out I think we introduce them right
1: that's the way that I've always thought about it you know as far as like with our friends and things like that now for me it was a little bit different there was what I would actually call a coming out to my parents and I guess that's (laughs) where it comes from is that idea of having to talk about it with people that don't accept it so I think the whole concept of the coming out piece probably was based on that. You know what I mean? Not that everybody has to announce that about themselves. Normally with like most heterosexual couples, they just start seeing one another and everybody just kind of knows that that's what the relationship is. So it's not about a coming out, but you know, when you come from a family that doesn't accept same-sex marriages and things like that, then it feels like an event.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think that's true. And I think what we run into is people put their engagement announcements in the paper, you know, all those kind of things. So it's very similar. And I and I agree with you. I think it's that concept uh, or that idea that something's not going to be accepted. I always wonder if people that are, say, in interracial relationships, that maybe that's not accepted in the family, if I imagine it has that same feeling, that feeling of, oh my God, my family's going to reject me or they're not going to approve of who I'm with. or I mean, I think there's so many things that come into that. And I think there's that aspect of, Fear with the LGBTQ plus community of that not having acceptance within your family unit, because oftentimes they'll have acceptance of their friends. They'll have that. I mean, sometimes you'll lose a few friends or whatever along the way. But I think for that, for like I said, the LGBTQ plus community coming out or or acknowledging who you love does have that layer of fear to it. Of am I going to be accepted? And you know fast forward we've come so far you know we really there really has been this evolution in this when i was doing this it was a little bit different than even when you were doing it and now how today they're doing it is different too yeah definitely so that's kind of what we wanted to
1: address in this topic today is sort of the whole lgbtq and and that process and just those relationships
0: and how do we not shut the door on a relationship Because I think that's really hard because I think there can be harsh feelings in the beginning of that. And I think that people don't understand that people need time to wrap their minds around things. And, you know, oftentimes when I'm working with people who are in the LBGTQ plus community and I often work if it's younger people, I work with them and their families because helping them to understand that you internally have known this all your life. But this is news to the people you're telling who are like your parents who have this idea of, you know, you're going to get married and have, you know, 2.5 children or whatever the thing is for today. And then it kind of shifts that idea that they have. And so oftentimes it's that parents are just like, what? And sometimes it's the other way because I've had it both ways. But I've actually had more in my practice who once we talk about it, And remind them, you know, this is still the same person you've always loved and what's getting in the way of that. And oftentimes it might be religious beliefs. It might be their social standing. It could be anything. It really could.
1: And I think that people have to be considered of, you know, when they are, like we say, quote unquote, coming out to family members or that. They have to give people a little bit of a time to adjust because, like you say, especially with parents, I think sometimes they have a preconceived notion of what. Your child's life's gonna look like or whatever they have some idea, even if they maybe it's not a full picture or whatever, but maybe they have some dreams that they aspire to to that you they, they want you to aspire to, and so it may not look exactly like what they thought, but it doesn't mean that they can't accept, so there's that too,
0: well, and I think a really classic example is your parents once again. As you talked about in the last episode, you know, you came from a very Pentecostal upbringing. Your mom minister, an ordained minister in the Pentecostal faith. And so there's that piece of it because they also want to stay strong to their conviction or to their belief. And also, how do they navigate that? How do people stay true to their faith, but at the same time, accept and love people who they think are going against that faith base? And how do I navigate that and still be all right in the eyes of God, if that, you know, whatever that is, whatever that perception is. So I think there's that. And like with you, your mom had a very difficult time with this. Mm -hmm. Your dad, but it was interesting because your dad was not, he was not okay with it.
1: Right. And well, what the difference I feel like with him, he, he made it clear to me that it wasn't something he accepted to be didn't coincide with his faith. And he made that clear, but he separated that out for from the love that he had for me and you know, you know, wanting to still have that relationship.
0: And I think that's the truth, you know, I, I think that was such a thing with your dad is he said his piece and he was kinda of done with it. He didn't feel like he had to try to convince you. Once again, you know, when he came to our home, he said, I won't go in, but he still came and that was his boundary. We didn't sit there in, I mean, I didn't get all butthurt about it. Mm -hmm. I just said, okay, I guess we go talk to him outside.
1: It did make me sad at first. And, you know, over time, it still got even a little bit better because even when we went to visit them the first time, they didn't want us to stay at their house. And so we stayed at a hotel. And, you know, being there the time that we were, I think we were only there for a week. And I think they realized that they missed out on some time with me, not staying in the same place. And that's so the next time we went to visit, they let us stay there. And so I think that just over time, it evolved a little bit more. And they learned how to, like I say, maintain that it didn't coincide with their faith. And, they, and I knew that, but they still could maintain a good relationship with me.
0: And I think that, was one of the things with your, and like I said, particularly with your dad, he he was just very, this is my statement. But as time went on, you know, we had this wonderful vacation with them prior to your dad passing away uh, at Disney World. And if we had stopped the relationship, if we had not given that time, I think for growth on their part and us accepting and growing in that and understanding of their faith and their belief and why that that was so relevant, important to them, because Faith is, and we talked about this on the last thing faith and our belief is very, very important to us. And so it wasn't a matter of us trying to push them to believe something else, but it was also being mutually respectful of the fact that we were in this committed relationship and we were willing to meet them wherever they were at. Because in this case, it was they needed that growth in that time to figure things out for them and where, how they could navigate it and still have that relationship with you.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I found is the more time that we spent with them and that I talked with them, the more it normalized things, you know, just seeing us in our relationship and, and realizing that it was everything that a normal relationship looks like.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even when we would meet people, they would always, they would always introduce me as their friend. Yeah, our friend. Our friend. Our friend, Sharon. Not Christy's friend. It was our friend, which I, you know, w- which was so different than with my parents because my parents introduced her as their daughter-in-law. Yeah. So
1: it's uh, different, which. You just kind of have to meet people where they're at. But at least you can um, hopefully maintain some kind of relationship.
0: And so that that's your dad's side. Your mom very different, more emotional, and... more vocal, more. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I think that your dad helped balance that maybe as time went on. And, but it, you know, just a real quick back thing is that I actually had a friendship with Christy's mom and, and her dad too, because they were my landlords. So I actually knew them before I knew Christy. And so I think that also kind of created this weird thing because I think we had established this relationship and i think so that made it a little more hard to just have that hard line of no this is not okay because you know we had already established that yeah you guys had already established a friendship yeah so i think that also maybe helped with the this process or whatever and you know i think those are the things is that how we react and respond too, is really important when we're having these conversations. How do you respond to your child or to your parent? Because there are parents who are coming out to their children now. And how do you do that? How do you erase a history with somebody just based on who they love? Because in essence, that's what it becomes. Your parents could have erased that whole history of that, what they had for you up until that point in time. And then they wouldn't have had a future with you. Right. So, those are the things that are really those important questions that I tell people ask yourself. Does this erase the history? The relationship you have with that person is just as relevant. It doesn't matter. But we put these degrees on relationships and stuff. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the person who's in an abusive relationship. Parents are not going to care for the person who's abusing their child, but they have to still decide do I stay involved so I still have a relationship with my child? Or do I sit there and say, well, until you make this decision to leave that person, that I'm not going to have a relationship with you. We put like these conditions on relationships. And I think that that can be very detrimental to those relationships. Yeah. And I think that we also forget to have a dialogue. We forget to have communication. And we forget to say, it's okay, I don't understand this. When I have people, and and a lot of times with the transgender when they come you know when they're talking to their parents about being transgender and <clears throat> i love when my parents will tell the child you have to give me time i've known you as this you were born to me into this world as this as whatever's internal to you i don't see that i don't know that so it's give it so a lot of times its parents saying give me time give me time to adjust when I talk with my the ones coming out in the Abhichitiki community, oftentimes they'll say, well, they didn't like it and they and I don't need that. And I say, wait a minute. It's a two-way street here. You could have very simply said, fine, if you don't want to accept my relationship, then I don't have to have anything to do with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But what made you not do that? Because
1: you know, I still wanted a relationship with my
0: parents, you know, regardless of who else I love, you know. And I think that's what it is. And I think that we get into this thing where we get hurt. And I understand the hurt. I understand nobody wants to be rejected by the people that you think are supposed to love you.
1: Yeah. And especially when you think about from the time parents, (laughs) when they're going to have a child, that's one of the first things is like, is it a boy or is it a girl or you know what I mean? They're they're all about the gender thing. And so I, like you say, they have an idea and then that child is born and they think they had this daughter or son or whatever. And then when that child grows and they reveal something like that, yeah, you can imagine that that would be a shock. And I would imagine they would need some time to reckon with that.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what we're saying is giving each other space to navigate this new beginning, because it is a new beginning. And I tell people, because it's a new beginning, there's going to be mistakes along the way. You know, when I talk about, I have some people and they'll say, well, they misgendered my child, so I'm not going to have any relationship with them. And they're like, oh, good Lord, they misgendered one time and this ends a relationship? Oftentimes, they're not misgendering out of disrespect, they're misgendering out of habit. Now, when you say misgendering, what do you mean exactly? So, like, say, for instance, you have a child who is male to female, and the people they're around say he instead of she. Okay. So, using a wrong pronoun. Yes. Okay. Or they'll use what they call the dead name. It's because, look, that's the only name they know. So if you go and you sit there and you tell them, my name is now Sally and you've been Mike and they accidentally call you Mike. Remember, they just learned this. They have just learned this. And oftentimes, you know, when I talk with my, especially my younger ones, they'll be there and, you know, they'll come in hurt. Grandma called me this and I'm not that. or And I'll say, yes, but your grandparents are like 80 years old and they haven't told you. I don't understand this. I don't understand it. (laughs) So giving people a little bit of grace and a little bit of space to navigate this, because it is hard. I have people who just change their names, just change their names for whatever reason. And, you know, they'll call them something else. They'll call them by the name and they'll be there like, no, remember, I changed my name to Joe. (laughs) But we don't get as upset about that. But we do get upset if it's within the trans, uh, the LBGTQ plus community. And so even with that, now, if it's something that's repetitive, if it's something that's done with maliciousness, then absolutely, you set that boundary. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that is not okay to simply do it. And I've had that too. You know, and I will tell parents in session, no, we use this name in this office. And if you can't use the name or the proper pronouns and or that, then don't use any at all or whatever. And I will set that boundary in that space because I can, I create that space. Right. And I'll talk with parents why this is important, all of those things. And it's
1: not about labels, it's just about having consideration for the other person.
0: Yes, you know, like I said, if you wanna be called whatever, if it's a nickname or whatever, we do that anyway. When people come in, we ask them, what do you like to be called? Because sometimes, you know, if they have a name that can be shortened, So Robert, if he wants to be called Bob, then we're calling him Bob. It's not a big deal. Right. It's whatever they want. Now, I will tell you this. Normally, when people come into my office, if they come in as transgender, we will right away find the name, whatever name that they're choosing to use. I always use that. And we put that. That is how we identify them all the time. It is rare that I will know whatever their birth name was. I do that on purpose. It decreases the chance of me making that that thing. So on paperwork that I see, now yours is different because of insurances or whatever you have to have, whatever that name is, legal name is. I don't have to have that. So I appreciate that and I don't. So it really minimizes. And then whatever gender they come in as, that's the gender automatically. I use those pronouns all the time.
1: Right. It kind of solidifies it, cements it in your mind. Yes. This
0: person is. And I do that because I want to be as respectful as I possibly can be. Yeah. And so in this LBGTQ plus community, there's all of this, you know, we're talking about sexuality and we're talking about gender. Those are two very different things. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people will intermix them and stuff, but sexuality and gender are two different things because I can have somebody who's transgender and I will ask them, what is your sexual preference? Because... I don't assume that just because you go from male to female, you're going to like guys.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people get confused by that. It's just like a lot of people have this preconceived idea about what lesbians look like or, you know, (laughs) whatever. Oh, yeah. And
0: which one of you is the guy? (laughs) Well, neither. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which one of you, like, does the cooking and cleaning? And, well, okay, remember, anybody who listens to this knows... Christy does no cooking. No. But now if you would see Christy, okay, not that I'm super butch or anything like that, just so you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty feminine too, but everybody says how femme I am. So it's, you know, I guess I fall into the, as they say, the lipstick lesbian (laughs) category. I don't know. But I don't label myself at all.
0: No, we don't. And, but that's what's interesting is people will make an assumption. Then I tell people they can label me whatever they want. I don't care. I... I know that in this moment and in this time and for this last 20 plus years, I've loved you. Right. To me, that's all that matters. That is the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think it's who do we love? And I think, you know, we talk about this and we talk about this new generation, you know, coming up and all of this stuff is there. It's an evolution, how we look at sexuality, how we look at gender, and it's evolving all of the time. And I love that I get to sit back and, and watch this evolution, but I also get to be an active participant, the job that I do and, and listening to these young ideas about because they're out there and, you know, trying to explain to parents who are older because they have a preconceived idea of transgenders or, LB, or gay, lesbian and all that from, you know, the 80s or the 70s, 80s, 90s even.
1: Well, and I think a lot of people can get con- confused because there are so many even new terms that are being used now, you know, I mean, I'm still
0: trying to figure out
1: what all of them
0: mean, you know what I mean? And I guess my thing is, is, you know, oftentimes kids will come in and they'll say, they sit down and we're barely getting, I'm, um, you know, I'm starting to do an interview and they'll be there like, oh, yeah, I'm bisexual around this and I'm there like, sweetie, can I just have your name first? <laughs> I just need your name and, you know, do you have siblings? There are so many things that are relevant to us. And it's not just our sexuality. It's not just our gender. There are so many things that make us who we are. I think the more we know about who we are, the richer we are as a human being, but the more that we have to offer others. Mm -hmm. And I get it. You know, we have, there's a lot of social pressure. You know, it used to be back in the day, you did everything not to be labeled as uh, gay or lesbian and really, and transgender, and then, you know, fast forward, and now it's like, That's, I'm bisexual, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. pansexual, I'm all these other things, or...
1: They're announcing that before they announce anything else, a
0: lot of times it feels like... <laughs> or I'm non-binary, or all this, and I'm just there like, yeah. but who are you? Right. Who we love is a... If you love somebody, you make that part of your life, that person part of your life, that becomes a bigger piece of who you are. Right almost like an extension of, of your ideas and your thoughts and your goals and stuff like that. But still but, only a part of Yeah, an extension of it, not who you are. And so I think that how do we help people to uh, still identify who they are? And how do we help people to understand that who we love is as relevant to that person as it is to anybody else? And I always go back to the, we are huge Golden Girl fans At our office, we are the Golden Girls. And so we were really heartbroken when Betty White passed away because of what it represents also to our team. But the episode where Blanche's brother wants to get married and Sophia's having that conversation with her and Blanche is having such a hard time. Well, does he have to marry him for God's sakes? Why would you want him? You know what I mean? And Sophia, why did you marry your husband? Why was it important to you? They wanted to share it with their family and their friends because they loved each other. Yes. And at that moment, Blanche understood. Yeah. And that's what it is. For the same reason heterosexuals get married and share it with the people that are important is the same reason that people that are LBGTQ plus community do it. They want to share that piece of themselves with the people that are relevant and important to them. Those are the things that are important. And when you feel like you have to hide that, And oftentimes when people come into my office, they're hiding such a relevant piece of them. Because if we can't be who we are, and we can't love who we love, and we have to hide that, that's going to manifest in so many different ways. And we think it's something else because we transfer that to other things. And we think, oh, well, I'm here because of this. And that's creating my issue. And then as we work on it, and it's like, no, I'm not, I don't, I'm not who I am. And that's such a huge thing. And when people are using the term coming out, it's because I want people to see me for who I truly am. I don't want to hide a piece of who I am. With my clients and stuff, my clients, about 98% of them know that Christy and I are married. And some of them just pick up on it when they see us together. It's not really difficult. But for so long in my career, for the first part of my career, That was something that I had to keep hidden. All of my friends would have pictures of their spouses on their desk and things like that and their kids. My desk was bare.
1: Well, we lived in a pretty small community. And, you know, for the kind of job that you have, sometimes you find that people have a hard time accepting that. And I guess that I don't know if they feel like that it somehow prevents you from helping them to get where they need to be. But
0: and what I'm grateful for is that a majority of the people that I worked with and that were just so amazing, and the community that I grew up in is a very small community in the San Luis Valley. And the San Luis Valley is such an interesting place for me, to me because in my town, I grew up knowing about transgender because we had a transgender in my town. Everybody loved her, and when she passed away, it was hard. the community really mourned the loss of her. Mm-hmm. We had LBGDQ plus in our community. I mean, you and I lived in our community. People we don't advertise, but we don't hide either. We simply you know, if we're in, if we're in public and people know we're together, we're together. We don't hide it, but we don't flaunt it. It's it's such a weird thing and because it's natural, it's who we are. Right. So I was very fortunate in that way. And my parents, they never said anything. They knew the transgender in our community too, and they referred to her as her. They never, to them, it was just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool because I grew up, I'm Hispanic. So, you know, a lot of people in the Hispanic community, it's not that way for them because of a lot of the cultural piece of it. I did not have that, and I am grateful for that. But it does not mean that I have not shared in the experience of others who have come out who have had that other end of the spectrum on it. And so for that, I get it. And I lived it with you and with my ex because my ex, her dad was a minister. I don't know what it is with me.
1: (laughs) There's a running theme there.
0: And that wasn't a good thing coming up to that either. But even with them, once again, it was their decision. Either you're going to have a real... And I said, you can have a relationship with her and me, or you can have a relationship with her. It's up to you make that decision. And they called us and we went out to dinner. And after that, we did, you know, we would do things together and stuff like that. But I think it's what do we do too? what is you have to have an idea of what it is you want to see.
1: And there are there will be some people that genuinely just don't understand and they'll have a conversation with you. And you'll think did that person really just say that but like, you know, because I remember having conversations too with people like, say it was a friend, a guy would say, maybe you just haven't found the right one.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know.
1: So, you know, I mean, there's that, but not that we're not still friends. But still, it's just interesting that people or... will say things like that. And I don't think there was anything well meant by it to be disrespectful. But
0: yeah, I know. It was funny, because I remember this guy asked me, he goes, well, do you want to go out with me? And I said, you know, I just don't think my girlfriend at the time would like that. And he looks at me and he goes, you're just saying that to hurt my feelings. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Or I often got, um, well, just be with me and I'll I'll change you. And I'm there, change me to what? <laughs> I never understood that, what that assumption meant. Once again, I'm not all about labels. Yeah. I don't care about labels. As I said, I love Christy. And that's all that's relevant and important. And people will label me, you know, and that's okay that's about them and that's not about me. But when we do look at those things, and we were talking about this piece too of it, you know, we we mentioned a little bit on our last podcast about how when you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, how people think because you are that, you can't be Christian, Muslim, Jewish, whatever it is, because or you can't have this relationship with God because obviously you're going against God's word or whatever. And I often hear that when I talk with people and particularly in the community, they'll say it's really important for me to find a church that I can feel comfortable in that still supports me spiritually and all of those things or or you know I'm not I don't feel like I can be a part of that religion or a religious organization but I really want to explore I need to have my spirituality because we talked about that with you not just did you find that you had that too about having feelings for a female
1: well there were so many things that I feel like <laughs> that went against the ideology that I was brought up with that I felt like that I was gonna have shortcomings no matter what. Do you know what I mean? Before I even got to a thought like that. I wasn't supposed to listen to secular music or or, you know, dance or any of those kinds of things, but those are all things that you enjoy doing, especially as a kid. And so I had so many other reasons to think that I couldn't attain that that spirituality in that way. And I don't think we should ever make people feel that way, no matter what it's based on, no matter what community they belong to or anything like that. We should not make people feel like that having some relationship with a higher power is
0: unattainable to them. I don't think that's right. And I think that's a really good point because that relationship we have with a higher power and, you know, people call it God, Allah, you know, universe, you know, everybody can use whatever term they want. It's okay but it's such a personal thing and it's and it starts out as a personal relationship and then you know when you share that commonality with others and you become the religion and all of that you know but ultimately it's still that internal relationship that you have and i know for your mom that was such a struggle with her and of course your your brother's gay and so <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think we all have things to learn in life and i feel like <laughs> that <laughs> that was me and then him too. I, I think that that's something that was unnecessary.
0: <laughs> and it's so funny because you know when your your brother came out to us. Well, we already knew. Yeah. I mean, come on. From the time he was little, he just wanted pink tennis shoes and he wanted the the baby dolls. And yeah. he's just he was the cutest little thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could just tell in his persona, he was just very yeah yeah. <laughs> and so. When he came out to us, you know, he was fourteen. When he fourteen, I think so. Fourteen, fifteen. I even told him, I said, you know, think about this, hon, telling your mom. But in his mind, he thought because we could have this relationship with her, that it was going to be different. But when he did come out to her, it was almost like she reverted back.
1: Yeah, there. You know, I feel like to that, that it more was, religious it was more condemning than that, and I, I had forewarned him. Even though, you know, it had been a long time. We had been in a relationship for a long time. And she had made some progress. And I can't say being more accepting, but at least still wanting to maintain a relationship. But I knew that it would still be difficult for her to accept if he did that. And he felt like that he could. And I think that it was kind of hard on
0: him. (laughs) Yeah. Because once again, she went back to that place of her conviction, which there's nothing wrong with it. That's not what I'm saying. If it is your belief, but the thing is, is about belief and about everything else. I don't care what we believe. I don't care what we do. There is no reason to ever do it in a way that it is harmful to somebody else. You can always disagree with somebody and you can say, I disagree, but there is never a reason to be hurtful or harmful to another human being. There is no justification for it. That's Once again, that's my belief. There's no justification for it. We can say, you can say, I don't agree with you. I don't accept this. And maybe I don't even want to have a relationship with you. And that is very different than saying, God doesn't love you. You're going to hell. You're condemned. You're never going to be with everybody else because, you know, when you die, you're, you know, going to be away from us or whatever that is. Those are very hurtful words to people, mm-hmm. because especially if your belief is, is you're going to die and go to heaven and blah, blah, blah. Now you're being told, as you said, you can't dance, you can't sing, you can't listen to that music. And you're right. It becomes everything that you can't do. So it's everything fun. It sounds like right. <laughs> <laughs> everything I want to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well, the thing is, too, that if you start feeling like you're going to come up short anyway, it doesn't give people... Any reason to aspire to grow or to deepen that faith or whatever it is?
0: I think in this whole thing, you know, I always tell people like everybody makes mistakes. Parents make mistakes when they, you know, if you're coming out to our children or whoever it is, we all make mistakes. Doesn't matter who we are. But I think if somebody makes a mistake with you, giving them the opportunity to redeem themselves, to make right whatever it is, is I think it it's a gift. And I think it's one that has such value to it. And I think that oftentimes we don't. We run with that emotion, that first emotion that we have. And I tell people sometimes we have to pause. We have to ask ourselves, what is valuable in this? Do I erase a five-year relationship, a whole lifetime relationship, because it goes against this? Or do I find a a middle ground where we can have that? And I think we've done that with your mom. Mm -hmm. With your mom, she's come a long way. Because when you came out, And even our wedding day and stuff like that, she wasn't happy about it. We didn't tell him. But she did send me an email, (laughs) an
1: email, (laughs) just not being very kind. And
0: so. And, but then you fast forward, you know, and like I said, we've gone vacationing with them, all sorts of stuff. You talk to your mom daily. Yeah. So there's room for growth. There's room for change. But we will never have growth and we will not have change if we shut a door, right? It's not going to happen. And you as in the child, the person coming out, everybody loses. And once again, though, I'm not talking about those parents who are dead set, mean, hateful and all of that. You don't need that. Get rid of that negativity. But if you know there's a part of you that knows your parent or as a parent, you know, your child. And if you feel like it's worth giving the benefit of the doubt or giving that opportunity, then do it. Because if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can still walk away from those relationships. You still get to do that. Because at any time, once again, even like with your mom, you could have walked away at any time. What made you decide not to? Well,
1: because that aside, I loved my parents and wanted to still have a relationship with them and care about them. and. I mean, there's other things that a relationship isn't just based on one thing.
0: So, And this is what I want people to understand. I'm not saying that's for everyone. Because I do have clients and friends, different things that because it is such a hurtful way in which it was handled, that they have to walk away from those relationships. Yes. They have to. So... Listen to your gut, listen to it, not to society, not to your friends. Truly, listen to your gut, and listen to what it says to you. Because I thought it was interesting. Because the first woman that I dated, her parents, when she, when she came out to them, there wasn't any animosity or anything. But her brother, on the other hand, her stepbrother, when he came out, that was a whole different ball game. Not nice. And sometimes there is a difference with the gender. You know, and so once again, this isn't to say, this isn't some Pollyanna thing that says, "Oh, you know, just give them time. No, you will know your gut. Listen to it. Mm -hmm. Really listen to it. Talk to others. Learn more about yourself, what you're willing to accept and not accept.
1: And how much time you're willing to give it because sometimes, you know, it does, like I say, take some time for people to adjust, but- How much time are you willing to give that?
0: I think the biggest thing is you give space. You hold space for that transition period. And in your, yeah, in your mind, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries are important to all of us. Yeah. But also remembering, once again, our sexuality, our gender and all that, that's a piece of who we are. It is not all of who we are. Exactly. And it is sad when people will view that that's all you are. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so much more to us than that, and when people don't get the take the time to learn those things, then they're missing out. Because whoever you are, whatever that is, where who you love, your gender, all of that stuff is really important. Setting those boundaries when you have those what they call the alternative lifestyles. I have a client who's polyamorous. Worked with her and her mom. And even with that, the mom said, I can do this. I I can't do the polyamory thing. She set a boundary. And now it becomes, do you want to have this relationship or not? The answer was yes. Because some stuff is just not comfortable. It's not comfortable based on her faith. It She doesn't understand it.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is, like you say, it's not all of who a person is. Just like I think with the thing like with my parents, like I could separate out the fact that this was their beliefs which is not all of who they are either that's their beliefs and it was important to them but i wanted to keep the relationship for the very thing that you know even in my upbringing there are good memories that i have that i know my parents loved me and that they wanted to make things good for me i remember them always trying to make birthdays special and things like that there is the love that i can remember i know has always existed so if i look at that and i look at yes they have these beliefs i still wanted to maintain that relationship if i could within like i said setting boundaries and that but still having some relationship
0: with them because there were other parts to it too and even in that i tell people if your belief system is so strong And your belief system says that I cannot love you or be involved in your life or I can love you from whatever that is. If that is truly your belief system, that if your child comes out to you and it's like, well, that nope, can't have that, whatever, reputation by association, whatever, whatever that reasoning is. Because I don't even understand based on a faith thing from what I understand about the different religions, because I kind of like studying that stuff, that you would end your relationship with your child based on that. But it happens. And some people do it just because they're jerks. I don't know. There are mean people out there, y'all. But anyway, if that is it, then then say that in a loving, nurturing way. I love you, but I cannot have this in my life. I got to set a boundary here. You know what I mean? And, and respectful.
1: What everybody's relationship looks like is different. You know, maybe the relationship isn't that you see them all the time. If that's the case, you know, you can't accept and be around it then, but at least you've said your piece.
0: Exactly. And you know, if people could communicate that way and set those boundaries in appropriate ways, saying, even like with your dad, I'll visit you, but I'm not going to go in your home. That was a boundary. Yeah. Doesn't mean we have to like it or whatever, but it's the boundary and you respect it and you meet them where they're at. Or if they're shutting that door, Shut the door gracefully. There is, once again, no reason to be mean and hurtful to another human being. Communicate what you need to communicate and then leave. Be done with it. Yeah. Because when you're not, that's what keeps me in business. Because what happens is it causes a fracture sometimes within that individual. It fractures them. It doesn't break them. It's not irreversible. But they seek to find out. Why was I not good enough? Why can't I love who I truly love? Why can't I be who I am? Why can't I be accepted? And right now, you guys, we have a high, high suicide rate among the LGBTQ plus community. Nobody should feel like they have to die because of who they love or because of who they truly are. Nobody. And sometimes, even if you're a stranger, if you're in a school system and you know it, if you're an adult, embrace these children. Help them to understand they're not alone, that they are accepted. Because once again, to sit and watch children cry and feel tormented because of who they love or who they truly are as far as their gender, And to ask them to change, to give up a piece of who they are, is no more fair than somebody asking a heterosexual to give up and never love the person they love, believe they want to believe, make them want to change, hide who they are. Because when we hide who we are, we go to these lonely places that we don't need to be. So show kindness to others. If you know somebody who's in the LBTQ plus community, let them know that they're okay doesn't mean you have to accept a lifestyle but let them know that they're relevant and they are important because we once again we should never have people wanting to die because they don't fit in they're not relevant they don't feel loved they don't feel like they're ever going to be accepted it does not take that much energy to show kindness and once again ask yourself what is the footprint you want to leave what is your legacy going to be? Is it going to be somebody who encourages, not just in the LBGTQ Plus community, but in our daily life of what? how do we treat other people? How do we give people space? How do we set our boundaries without being hurtful? Those things are relevant and important. So hopefully from today, you walk away understanding at the end of the day, we're all the same. We all just want to love. Somebody have somebody love us. We want to build a life with them. We want to be true to ourselves. We want people to love us and accept us for who we are and where we are. But understanding that if they don't, that's okay too. But that we do it in a responsible, respectful way. Right. I don't think that's asking much. Yeah. Just having humanity and and compassion for people. And that empathy. I think empathy is something we have to work on. At times, and and also asking ourselves, why am I so emotionally impacted by somebody else's loves? Understanding that's about the individual; it's not about the people that they're looking at. How do we explore that too? How do we take that journey into who we are, and why it has such an impactful emotion for us, and takes us to this other place?
1: You're not responsible for what they do. You're only responsible for yourself and your own
0: reaction to things. Absolutely. So hopefully you get a glimpse into kind of the LBGTQ plus community. Once again, at the end of the day, it's about just being kind to everybody, regardless of those things. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Two Girls in a Pod, Life's Journey and Everything in Between comment to us. Let us know your thoughts and ideas. and
1: You can send messages on there. If there's, you know, questions or
0: things that you would like to know about, then please send do. us a message. You know, we'd love the engagement with people and if you send us a message, we respond usually within 24 hours at the latest. Doesn't even take us 24 hours. Right. Anyway, we hope that you guys have a really, really great week and We hope that you practice kindness and we hope others practice kindness with you as well. Yes. Bye. Bye.